they would say, oh, you know, you're not supposed to drink or say these things. And then we go out and there was drinking and cursing and inappropriate jokes and and such. They were not practicing what they were preaching. Welcome to Former Adventist Podcast. Grab a cup of coffee and join Colleen Tinker and Nikki Stevenson as they discuss their life after Adventism. Hi, and welcome to Former Adventist Podcast. I'm Nikki Stevenson. And I'm Colleen Tinker. Today we have a very special episode for you guys. We're excited about it. We have two of our friends, Adriana Toma and Audrey Tinker, who are sitting here with us. And um, neither one of these ladies have ever been Adventist. They're going to share a little bit today about how they've come to understand Adventism. A couple weeks ago, we had a podcast special. We talked about the former Adventist Fellowship Conference and how important it's been to us to have Christians come alongside us and care enough to understand what Adventism is and how they can minister to formers. And these are two ladies who have been a big part of that for us. So Mm -hmm. we're excited for you to get to hear from them today. Yes. Audrey Tinker is my daughter-in-law, I'm proud to say. (laughs) And she's here with baby Gwen, who is actually getting some grandpa time while we record. (laughs) And Adriana, you didn't grow up here. You grew up in, you tell us where you grew up and tell us your background in Christianity. I grew up in Romania. I grew up in an evangelical family. My family had um, the Bible as their source. You grew up in communist Romania. Yes. Okay. So how did church work? We had house churches. Actually, the church was in our house. Mm -hmm. After um, the communist regime fell, we built an actual church. Oh, interesting. So was Christianity actually illegal? They had some churches. It was Uh not totally illegal. But in schools, they thought there is no God. Okay, interesting. So what about you, Audrey? What was your religious background? I grew up in a conservative evangelical Christian home where scripture was taught and uh, my parents were big on teaching us discernment on what was true and what was false. That's a pretty rare legacy, actually. What experience has your family had in having to stand for truth? Adriana had a family who was evangelical in communist Romania. Um, What about you? Did you ever have a line in the sand that you had to stand firm on? A few years ago, we were attending a church where things were starting to change uh, Mm -hmm. doctrinally. There were some things that were being taught that we knew we couldn't apply to our lives or believe in. Mm -hmm. So we ended up leaving that church. That's hard. It was. It was a source of income for our family, and it was also uh, all of our friends were there. So, you know, they asked the questions, why did you leave? And you'd have to say that they weren't teaching truth anymore. There's a lot of similarity between that and what we've had to do. Yeah, and yeah. I know, Adriana, your family has had to pay a price for following truth. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, after we built a church, they started to teach that you can lose your salvation. So my father had to leave the church for that reason. Because he believed, he believed that you can't, right? Yes, we truly believe that you cannot lose your salvation. That's really an interesting thing. Now, was he teaching the church? Yes, was he, he was yes. a, So they no longer allowed him to do that. 
Yes. Did this understanding of the security of the believer come from his own reading of the word or was there some other influence in his life? It was his reading of yeah. the word. It's yes. pretty clear, huh? He yeah. thought so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we did an episode of the podcast last week mm-hmm. where we talked about the security of the believer. And when you really look at scripture, it's very clear. And I really do believe that when people depart from that teaching, it's because of the influence of uh, religious tradition. It's It's not because of scripture. That's right. I agree. How did you ladies learn about Adventism? Did you encounter Adventism in Romania? We did have a SDA church in Romania, in my city. I knew a few people that left actually the Evangelical Church to join the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So do you know how who influenced them or how they were influenced? Did you have any idea of that? I don't. Because just understanding Adventist quotes evangelism or proselytizing, I know that they come armed with their proof texts as if they know what Scripture teaches. And evangelicals, Christians who are not grounded in the Word, can be deceived. Mm -hmm. This might be a good time to bring up what you were saying earlier, Nikki, about the video we watched from Amazing Facts last week. Oh, yeah. We did mention that, I believe, in one of our recent podcasts, that one Sunday afternoon we watched Doug Batchelor in Amazing Facts, and he gave in, I think it was seven sections he talked about last day events, you know, according to the Adventist tradition. Mm -hmm. And Adriana was there with us watching that. It's always fun to watch people who have never been Adventist Uh (laughs) see what what we grew up in. He did hold a Bible in his hands the entire time, didn't he? And he did share some scriptures in the beginning, but it was really just, it seems like to hook you into what he's about to say, because then he went on to talk about what was going to happen in the future, and none of which is in Scripture. It's more of amazing Uh, lies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) What did you think of that video, Adriana? How did that impress you? Well, I think it can be very deceiving, especially since in the beginning he sounded right. He always had a verse for whatever he was saying. So it was convincing, but once he got to the real predictions or... Right. It was wrong. Mm -hmm. There were just verses pulled out of context to prove his point, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And he never admitted he was Adventist. He never mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And that is their trick. They will not identify themselves so that they other Christians who see this will think he's a Christian and will feel free to listen more. Audrey, how did you become aware of Adventism? What's your personal background with them? I only knew a little growing up. I knew they had some different beliefs. They were worshipped on a different day. They probably had some different food laws and things that mm-hmm. I would not adhere to. But I didn't really know what they truly believed until I was in high school and I started coming in contact with formers at my church Got and it. starting to hear their stories and then doing some personal research on the background and going to confer- the conference Yes. And different ones learning how it started. And they started with the Millerites. Yes. And the same movement where the Mormons came out of. And that's a huge red flag. And the Jehovah's Witnesses. And the Jehovah's yeah. Witnesses. So after learning about that and then getting to know uh, the people in my church more who came out. And then also uh, living in the Adventist community, being uh, working for an Adventist and living in Loma Linda for a few years. All of those combined, I definitely have a better understanding of what's going on. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about your experience working with Adventists? What what did you see up close and personal that you might not have known if you hadn't had that interaction? I definitely observed that they had a strong sense of that education is extremely important. 
which we all would agree is important, but sure. they have it to a sense of pride. Yes. If your child did not go to the right academy, you were looked down on. Mm-hmm. If they did not go to the right Adventist college, if you were going to pick a career that was not on their top 10 list, they were <laughs> you were going to get the stink eye, as it were. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, even, I remember this, that. It's a funny story sad as well. I had a, a family come in and they were talking about what they were going to be for Halloween. And the little boy said he wanted to be a nurse. And the mom said, no, you're not. You're going to be a doctor. Oh. And she would not let him be a nurse for Halloween because it was beneath him. Oh, Whoa. wow. <laughs> oh, wow. So I know it's a, not all the families are like that, but there is a, a cultural sense of if you are not in the medical yes. field or certain professions, you are not going to be in the in crowd. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And it's interesting because not everybody who's never been Adventist actually picks that up about Adventism, but it shapes them. Yeah. Something Mm -hmm. else I observed is that they were a bit two-faced sometimes. Mm -hmm. They would uh, be very happy to see each other. And then when someone would leave the room, there was negative comments talking a lot about behind their back. Or you go to social gatherings with them where they would say, oh, you know, you're not supposed to drink or say these things. And then we go out and there was drinking and cursing and inappropriate jokes (laughs) and and such. They were not practicing what they were preaching. That sounds so familiar. Yeah, that's the fruit of false religion. That that yes. is moralism at work. The evidence yes. of of a heart that has not been changed by the gospel, but they are striving to meet right. a mark, meet a standard. Great point about moralism. Moralism is not the gospel. Mm-mm. Adriana, were there any characteristics among Adventists that might have been misleading or that look differently the more you get to know them? Well, what you always hear about them is that they are very nice people. Mm-hmm. So people assume since they are nice people, they have a good teaching. But oh, that's such a good point. The two don't go together. No, that's moralism again, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, living for a standard that's external instead of for a transformation that the Lord has done inside. Mm-hmm. What would you ladies say? How do Adventists react to you when they know that you're Christian but not one of them? Do they do they try to make you feel like them? Do they seem, do they treat you like you're not one of them? Do they? They didn't treat me any differently than their own. They would say that I was, you know, a believer. I believed most of the same things. I, mm-hmm. you know, lived a pretty conservative life. So I wasn't, you know, going around being crazy that I was, I could be one of them. I even was told by my Adventist doctor that I work for after talking about I was going to be healthier and we were talking about, you know, how I didn't like going to the movies just because it was too crowded or whatever. He's like, oh, you'd be such a great Adventist. (laughs) I used to say that about people. I blush to admit. Adriana and Audrey, how would you say your understanding of Adventism and Adventists has changed over the years? And what do you think Christians need to know about Adventism? What they have to understand is that um, they don't teach the Bible. Mm -hmm. They have a false prophet, which they follow, and the Bible, it's not the truth that they stand on. Mm-hmm. It's just a way of justifying what they believe by picking and choosing verses that fit their narrative. Yes, exactly. That's a, that's so true. Um, the proof texting can sound very convincing. And things like that Amazing Facts video, he threw out a lot of references to Scripture. I don't know how much he used Ellen White in his speech, but he never said her name. Right. He would he would say where he found the verse in the Bible, where right. the verse is found in the Bible, but he would not reference anything about Ellen White. No, no. she never came up. No. Never. And everything he said was from her great controversy worldview. Yeah, yeah it was. And, and he knew it. Yeah, and he, and he actually was talking about end-time events. He spoke about the laws that would be passed where 
people, Christians would go and, and kill those who keep the commandments of God. But interestingly, Sabbath keeping never once came up. That was intentional yes. because that's a huge doctrine in Adventism. They're very slippery, very sneaky. Yes. But if you knew the Bible, it was clear. Clearly wrong. Wrong. Yeah. Yes. Adriana, that is such a great point. And I just, we've said this before on this podcast, but I want to say this again. Christians have to know scripture. Yeah. It's not enough to say, oh, I know what the gospel is, and I, I believe in Jesus. You have to know Scripture because Adventism and other cults and other f- false teachings, even that creep into evangelicalism, can be deceptive and lead you off course if you don't know. And you have to be a Berean. I mean, mm-hmm. that might sound different, but I know Christians who know Scripture through sermons. Yes. You really need to just read the Bible. Just read the Bible because when you know the words clearly, like like your father, Adriana, yes, you can walk away from everything you know when you know what truth is just from reading the Bible. I mean, that's just really important. It's going to protect you. Scripture is a protection. Mm-hmm. Yes. And setting it in context. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Because so many people just read a verse here, a verse there, and apply it to their lives when it may not apply to them. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. And that was a shock to me. As an, as an Adventist, I was taught everything the Bible promised anybody was good for me. And context mm-hmm. is everything. Mm-hmm. Not every promise to just anybody does apply to me. You know, God's promise to Abraham that he would have a son from a wife who is barren cannot apply to me for a lot of reasons. But I don't have a barren wife. So that promise is not for me. <laughs> Proper hermeneutic is something that's been very important to your family growing up. I know you were taught very well how to handle scripture, how to look at scripture, that words matter. And one of the things that I personally learned from your mother is when you talk about the things of God, you use the words of the Bible. Mm-hmm. You don't make words up. We talked a little bit about the Adventist phrasing, righteousness by faith. Yes. Not a biblical phrase. Not a biblical mm-hmm. phrase. Um, there are so many things that Christians across the board say, you just won't find it in scripture. Right. So mm-hmm. that hermeneutic, that understanding what you're looking at and who it was written for is so important for protecting. Exactly. And I know, Audrey, you, that's been one of the blessings of working alongside you at our church in Sunday school is your emphasis with those kids. Who is this written to? Um, yes. You know, who does this apply to? What is it saying about mm-hmm. God? Asking those questions. Uh, Christians really need to help their kids and help learn themselves how to do this to protect themselves from these amazing mm-hmm. lies, as you put it, <laughs> that are on TV. Audrey, what would you say Christians need to understand about Adventism from your experience with them? One of the main things I think that Christians really need to understand is that they use the same words as we do often, but they have different meanings. Yes. The definitions are completely different. So when I say, I love Jesus, and they say, I love Jesus, it's a different Jesus. Oh, is, great point. I don't believe that Jesus is Michael, the archangel, for example. Right. Right. Or even uh, the Holy Spirit. There's uh, You guys did a podcast talking about breath and life. There are so many biblical definitions that they have changed. Yes. So when someone is coming out of a, any cult, but particularly Adventism, where the words are so uh, jumbled similar. up. Similar. Yeah. Similar and... Redefined. Exactly. Yeah. They need to understand that they have to relearn definitions, and they may not even know. Mm-hmm. They may they need to know a new Jesus, and they, even it's they true. know all the verses about Jesus. They need to look at them with different eyes. Yeah, that's a great point. For example, we've had Christians say to us, "Well, I have an Adventist neighbor, and there's he's such a nice person." 
and he says he loves Jesus, and he says he doesn't have to keep the Sabbath to be saved. I think he really knows Jesus. I ba- basically say, you know what? Adventists are taught to say they don't have to keep the Sabbath to be saved. You really need to ask them, can you lose salvation if you give Sabbath up? And that kind of reveals where they think Sabbath is in the mm-hmm. stream of things. The finished work of Jesus is not some, a concept they understand. Something else that I observed about Adventism, it's so controlling. Extremely controlling. So uh, all the, the laws that are not in Scripture that Ellen White came up with and had other people influence her, she applies them to the Adventist community. They are not found in Scripture, and they control your whole life. It's a great what point. What you wear, you can't wear earrings. Or what, or what you can do, you can't do this on the Sabbath. Uh, what you eat, you can't have this. Or you can't have meat, you can't have vinegar. All these things, you can't have mm-hmm. caffeine. Every minute of your day is controlled by yeah. these rules that the Lord does not put upon us. That is a great mm-hmm. point. If you contrast it with the freedom in Christ, we can do many things that are, are not sinful, of course, but we can wear many things. We can eat everything, yes. and it's and it's okay, and, and, and we can do it and glorify the Lord because we have His gift of freedom in our lives. That's right. And we have His Spirit residing in us when we've trusted His finished work. Exactly. Um, so I'd like to ask you a question. What are your reflections as you reflect back on having helped with the former Adventist conferences? What stands out in your minds about the former Adventist conferences? Adriana, you've helped a lot with just serving the food and making sure it's all there, and you've kind of sat in on some of the meetings. And Audrey, you've been part of a lot of things, the food prep, um, slides, just the tech. So I'd, I'd love to have your comments. Something I've noticed about the, a lot of the people who are attending the conferences, they are truth seekers. They are looking for answers. They, they know something's wrong. They know they've been deceived and they don't know where to go. So they go to a, this conference or they, mm-hmm. they go there to, to learn uh, what is true and have a safe place to ask their questions. And they have a lot of questions, which is a good sign. Yeah, that's if true. You have, if you have someone coming out of a, a false religion and they're not asking questions, I'd be concerned. Mm-hmm. True. About you, Adriana. I agree with Audrey. I think it's um, very sweet to see people coming to learn the truth. Yeah. They take time mm-hmm. out of their schedule to fly here sometimes, mm-hmm. drive here, just so that they learn the truth and to be in the company of people that have been deceived mm-hmm. and um, they can learn together. Mm-hmm. So based on what you guys see when you're there, what encouragement would you have for an, a questioning Adventist or a former Adventist who hasn't had the courage to make that journey yet to come to a conference? I would just say, come and see. Come and see uh, what the people are like. They're not angry. They're not bitter. They're not bashing Adventism. And they are trying to get to what the truth is. Yes. And that means putting off the old, the false teachings, and putting on the new, true teachings. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about last week, the grave clothes. Yeah. Helping yeah. Un- undo the grave clothes yeah. on people who've heard the gospel. And it's a safe place to ask your questions. Yes. No one's going to be looking at you thinking there's a weird, funny question. You can. Oh, yeah. There's people you can talk to one-on-one. You can talk in a group. You can just sit and observe and be quiet. But it's something that if you are questioning, I'd really encourage you to come. That's actually interesting to hear from someone who's never been Adventist. It's, mm-hmm. it's encouraging. I'd mm-hmm. actually encourage believers to come because so many times they think, well, you know, it's not that bad of a cult. You know, if they'll go to a meeting on learning about Islam, but they won't go to a meeting learning about Adventism. Excellent. And that personally upsets me because they are equally evil and against the Lord. And you need to know what's going on in Christendom to be better prepared to 
help others and keep your family safe. Mm-hmm. Good. That's a great point. And you can have fellowship with sisters and brothers in Christ that have gone through the same things exactly. that you have. Mm-hmm. And they have most likely most of the questions that you have. Similar questions. They, yes. there's, a, there's a common thread of understanding. It's, it's normalizing. Yes. It's, it's very That's normalizing. When you have Christians who take the time to understand Adventism, like you said, Audrey, uh, they're able to be there at those conferences and help the Adventists with their questions. Uh, I remember my very first conference, one of the most impacting moments for me was when I was speaking with Christians who had never been Adventist. And I asked them, how could a loving God send people to hell? And um, one of the ladies turned and looked at me and she looked hurt almost. Like, I don't mean that in that in like the way we're accused hurt. of, but yeah. just like surprised. And, and she said, um, how could a loving God not? And it, just being confronted with the idea that that God's justice is love. That's a new concept for an yeah. Adventist. Adventists don't learn that. Mm-mm. So those kind of interactions, they're important. They're powerful. They Nikki, would you tell the story of the conference at the end when the Christian man approached you in tears? He was a gentleman that had been attending that church for a long time. He came over to me at the end of the conference. I think that was his first conference he'd yes. gone to. And he just wrapped his arms around me. He had tears in his eyes and he said, I had no idea. I had no idea what you guys have been through. And he just gave me a big hug. And it was overwhelming to both of us. He could have been your grandpa, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely feel affection for him that way. He's a very loving man. and, Mm -hmm. And we were both moved. I was moved by the fact that he cared. I mean, he cared. I know. To see that Christians care about those who have been lost and to rejoice when they've been found. That's new. That's really yes. new. And that man still comes to our conferences every year. He's a big supporter. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a dear, a mm-hmm. dear brother. Mm-hmm. There are a few things that I, I think that believers really need to know about those who are coming out of a cult. As the, the first thing, and these are very smart, gifted, intelligent people. They were not deceived because of their lack of intelligence. They were deceived That's a great point. because they could not see. They're blind. They're not saved. So if, if you have someone in your congregation who is coming out of a cult and they start asking questions and they start saying, talking about their background, be careful that you don't think that you're better than them Mm. because it's so easy. Well, I wouldn't be deceived. It's like, you don't know the Lord brings people to himself in many different ways. And yours may have been growing up in a Christian home and others may be coming out of a cult. That's true. So I really encourage people to have compassion and learn about the the cult or the false religion that your brother or sister is coming out of so that you can be better equipped to deal with their questions because so many people do not know about Adventism. They know about Islam. They know about the Mormons. They yes. know about other things. But Adventism is so, because it's so sneaky and they are very mm-hmm. good at hiding what they truly believe, it can definitely deceive a lot of believers. I'm so glad you said that because that has been a, a frustration point over the years mm-hmm. with Christians. Actually, we've had Christians confront us when we've talked to them about having come out of Adventism. And actually, we've had Christians kind of take us to task, like, why did you leave them? What was wrong with that? And then not actually wanting to hear when we had questions. It's been a problem sometimes even in Bible studies mm-hmm. to be asking questions that the Christians don't understand. And they get nervous because they think the former Adventist is saying something about their beliefs as if they're trying to teach it. And that's not the case. 
They should be so encouraged if they're asking questions. Yes. They really should. And, you know, sometimes I think the questions can be misunderstood because yes. mm-hmm. because definitions are different and because we were taught the Bible inappropriately. Exactly. And then you go into a Bible study and somebody's teaching a passage that you learned a certain way mm-hmm. and you have a question. It might even be phrased as, yeah, but does it, what about, you know, or I mm-hmm. thought, or maybe even you're just talking about the Bible and you quote it how you understood it and it's wrong and it can be interpreted as a rebellious person who's there to make trouble. Right. So that to give them that space to... To question them further, to find out what their concern really is. Because I think Christians often don't understand a former Adventist questions at Mm -hmm. first. Great point, Audrey. Uh, Something else that I think Christians sometimes struggle with when they are dealing with Adventism is because they have a big influence in the health community they often are thinking that they can't be as bad as you say or that, oh, that's at, that they point. hear about because they have hospitals, they have clinics, they are actually helping people. I had a family member there with a, who had a severe heart attack and he was saved by those Adventist doctors Yes, and had wonderful treatment there. But like Adriana said, you're not saved because of your good works. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyone can do good works. That's God's gift to man. The common grace of yes. God to humanity is that you can have people doing good things. You cannot base your opinion of them based off of their works. That's right. Lastly, uh, I think believers really need to understand that people coming out of cults often have a background of abuse. Oh, that is so important Mm -hmm. to remember. And if they don't understand that they are going to have a hard time interacting with them and getting to uh, help them properly because they have a lot to unpack, not just from learning new doctrines and putting off old false doctrines, but also dealing with uh, physical hurts, emotional hurts, mental things that they've had to deal with because they were being manipulated and kept in a system where they were said that doing these things was okay. Man. Yeah, being in a cult is psychological trauma. I it mean, it is. just, it is. Even if your family was fine, and I just have to say, I'm not sure I've met an Advent, a former Adventist yet who didn't have some kind of I issues agree. in I their agree. home. But but just the religion on its own, on its own is, is abuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so many people do have the physical side as well that mm-hmm. I don't think is talked about enough in in the it's far- in true mm-hmm. Christian circles that these these are real issues. These are real hurt people who have a lot of things to to unpack. It is kind of moving to me, Audrey, to hear you say all this because most Christians don't understand this. Mm-hmm. It marks us. And, mm-hmm. and it makes us a little nervous to talk about ourselves in front of Christians. It's, it, we kind of pick our audiences sometimes. Yeah, and I want to say, too, what you're saying is so insightful. I have to say most former Adventists don't know right at the beginning That's that true. they do carry trauma mm-hmm. or that they have been abused or that any of this stuff is a part of their story because we haven't seen healthy life modeled. We well, have it can seen, be. Yeah, we've seen a, a facade modeled. I, I don't know how else to put it. That's true. It, it took me some time to understand what was going on yeah, with me. a bad tree is going to bear bad fruit. Yes, yes. exactly. And yes. so there are a lot of trust issues. It's a scary thing. Mm-hmm. And some will say, well, you know, you're over-exaggerating the amount of abuse cases. I've met dozens and dozens of formers, and maybe one or two has not had a physical right. abuse right. put upon them by someone in a religious position over them, either be their father or their parent. Their parents, right. it could be a pastor, it could be an elder. Yes. It's, it's very, common. very common. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. I've often said since coming out, Jesus is gracious to show us who he is. 
But once he shows us who he is, he continues to show us the truth about our own lives. Mm -hmm. And that's necessary in order to learn to trust him Mm -hmm. at deeper and deeper levels and to treat each other with compassion, love, and trust among ourselves. It is a truth that the abuse is real in a in a cult, and coming out, understanding that, and admitting it is a hard step. Mm-hmm. Which is an important thing to point out, because a lot of Adventists will say we left because we were hurt. Just about every former Adventist I know left because of doctrine. Yes. They didn't even know what they had endured until they've left for Jesus, come to faith, submitted to scripture, and been a part of the body of Christ and been able to see the difference, the contrast. It is shocking to see. And that's when you begin to see, wait a minute. That is so insightful. I'm glad you brought that up, Audrey. Anything, Adriana, that you would want to say to your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ about Adventism? I would say try to learn as much as you can Mm. about what they believe so you can understand their questions so you know how to help them and to understand them. They were deceived and they lived that lifestyle uh, for a long time. I mean, it's a generational thing. It felt normal. Mm-hmm. For Christians, just try to learn what they believe so you can help them. They, they need, they need us. And we do. And I'd like to know too, what you guys would say to Christians who had have been pulled into Adventism. What do they need to know that they may not know? I think they really need to know the history. Oh, interesting. Learning the beginnings of something can be very helpful because it's going to set the trajectory for everything else. There's a really good recording of one of the sessions at the conferences a few years ago called Root Shoots and Those in Cahoots. Yes. I'd really encourage uh, people to to look at that. You can do your own research too. That's it, there's it's factual. Yes, it's, this is how it began. You have false teachers from the beginning shooting off, breaking into other cults, not just Adventism, from the same mm-hmm. root as from it were. the same root. Mm-hmm. Truth matters, and they have to understand that they don't teach the truth. That's they have their own truth, yes, but they don't have the truth. Great point. And what is the truth? It's not a Jesus. trick question. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus said, I, I am, am the, the truth, truth. Mm-hmm. the way, and the life. And speaking of the truth, which doctrine in Adventism was the most surprising to you, a unique Adventist doctrine? About Jesus. Which thing? Well, the fact that he didn't finish the work. Mm -hmm. As a believer, you believe that he finished the work, and on that basis, we believe in him. So that's the biggest one for me. After finally understanding more of what the investigative judgment teaches, because it's rather complicated, Uh (laughs) but the thought that Christ is sitting in heaven, you know, it's going down lists of names and and looking at every single deed that they have done is absolutely shocking opposed to saying my instead of the the father looking at you and saying my son was enough and embracing you that it's it's a huge yeah falsehood to think that the lord is just sitting there looking at your whole life and saying you weren't good enough you weren't good enough you weren't good enough oh you were sort of good maybe i don't know you probably won't get there but you know keep trying <laughs> it, it's absurd Oh, and it's devastating it, to be an Adventist believing that. No, it's yeah. scary. I'd be scared out of my mind mm-hmm. thinking that at any moment my name could come up. Oh, I was terrified. And another fear that Adventists have that you guys have been exposed to hearing the former's talk is the fear that they are going to be hunted and killed in the last days by Christians, no less, because of their Sabbath keeping. 
We have a lot of people who had nightmares growing up. They even practiced running from Christians in, they still do in Adventist camps. They do Mm -hmm. in academies, boarding schools. So you have a lot of trauma there from experiencing that growing up. What were your thoughts when you heard that this was something that Adventists are actually taught? It was a bit shocking. We are not taught as in in Christianity that we are supposed to go out and hunt anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Let alone, you know, of someone because they're keeping a day. We're called to go out and preach the gospel and die if if that's the Lord's will mm-hmm. to get his word out there and his his truth. We're mm-hmm. not called to go in and persecute others. We're the ones who are being persecuted. We're <laughs> dying every day around the world mm-hmm. for for his for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. What about you? What did you think, Adriana? Honestly, I thought, I wonder where did they found it in the Bible? Because <laughs> oh, I couldn't. <laughs> Back to basics. Yeah. There you go. It's not in scripture. It's made up. It's made Mm up. Totally. I think some of the food laws definitely shocked me as, you know, first hearing them. Those are the ones you probably hear about first of of when you're talking with farmers about, you know, eating bacon for the first time. It's like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) But but things that I didn't ever, I never had to deal with, but, Mm -hmm. you know, no vinegar. What is this? No wearing, or even clothing. No, you can't have your ears pierced. You can't. Wear a belt. This is, yeah. I mean, almost they're almost silly. Yes, mm-hmm. but because the Adventist prophet said it, it goes. Mm-hmm. But like Adrian said, where is that in scripture? It's very controlling, yes. and it's very confusing at the same time. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And it's just the outward mm-hmm. behavior. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with your heart. That's mm-hmm. a great point. And most of these legalistic doctrines have nothing to do with your character. That's right. If anything, they promote bad character. (laughs) That's actually true. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank both of you, Audrey and Adriana, for being with us today. It was really fun for me to hear you talk about this and very encouraging. Even though I know you and we have conversations often, hearing you say some of the things you said made me emotional and made me feel really supported in a way that I didn't even realize I needed to feel. So thank you for speaking the truth and telling honestly what you've thought. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So if you have any questions or comments for us, you can email us at formeradventist at gmail.com. And there is still time to sign up for our conference. We'd love to have you. If you're local, just come. Mm -hmm. If you want to sign up on the website, go to proclamationmagazine.com. And if you are still unsure, even up to the last day, just come in person. You can register there at the door. Also at that website, you are welcome to sign up for our weekly emails or our print magazine. And there's also a donation button there if you'd like to come alongside us and support the ministry. And don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and we'd love for you to leave a review. So thank you again, Audrey and Adriana. We've enjoyed this very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.